This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know the vibe. Set me on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler on the gram as well, T-Y-D-B-U-T-L-E-R. We'll talk some baseball. Yankees rained out today. Got all the excitement you needed if you were in the ballpark last night. Not one, not two, but three home runs for Aaron Judge. The second time this season he's done that. First time in franchise history, Yankee has had two three-run home or uh, three home run games in a season. So shout out to Judge, continuing to be the captain that he is, missing a third of the season and still somehow on his way to 40 home runs. So we'll get into a little bit of the baseball. Got the Giants on the table. They played a couple nights ago. It was not pretty. 30 to 12, losing to the Niners. We'll get reaction from Giant fans. I'm here to tell you, if you are a Giants fan, one complaining, you have every right to, and I'll tell you why coming up. But as I'm traveling to the station today to do the show, and that rain is coming down, I I think about all the people who, you know, like myself, love the fall, right? You know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in their mouth. We all love hoodie season until you get punched in the mouth with that cold weather, windy, rainy, and it's nasty outside, which is going to be the case tomorrow if you are in attendance at MetLife Stadium where the Jets try to save their season, taking on a New England Patriots team that, you know, you've heard the stat all week, haven't beaten 14 straight games. Even worse than that, they've lost to them 17 of the last 18 times. And tomorrow, you know, I said it's a chance to save your season just because if you're not winning this game at home against that team that, you know, doesn't have Brady anymore, still has Belichick and a a great defense, but is anyone scared of Mac Jones? Of course not. If you're not beating that team, then tell me when the next win is coming. So if they lose this game, as impressive of a win, you know, week one was over Buffalo, you'll start to look at it and say, Maybe it was just the football gods smiling upon the Jets for once after they lost their quarterback four games into the season. This is a game you have to win, and for the Patriots, it means everything to them as well. Now, I never thought they were a playoff team, but there is zero path to that for them if they start the season 0-3, which would include two division losses after falling to Miami last week. 0-3 would be New England, and their season would be cooked. And then you'll start to hear the rumors. Is it the end for Belichick? Could this be the final hurrah for the greatest coach of all time? But on this game tomorrow, I mean, it's it's pretty clear what the plan is. The weather is supposed to be trash. So you'll see a heavy dose of Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, which was what a lot of people were clamoring for last week. And you're not... You don't go into this game expecting Zach Wilson to, to, to be heroic. We know historically Bill Belichick, he is, I mean, just a nightmare for young quarterbacks. And we've seen Zach Wilson struggle. We've seen Sam Darnold with the ghost. We've seen them all. Every Jet quarterback the last 14 games, and I can name them for you, just hasn't been pretty. Just as far as like what they've been throwing out there. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Luke Falk, Josh McCown, Mike White, Joe Flacco, Bryce Petty even got a start for the Jets during this 14-game losing streak. And it has been woeful. Been pretty bad. So, uh, you know, last year, 
what was a crusher, losing that game on a, a punt return for a touchdown. It, it just feels like every single time you play this team, something happens. You either get blown out or you lose in heartbreaking fashion. So, I mean, look, the Jets come into this game tomorrow. They're dogs at home against a, a winless team. Jets actually haven't. Uh, they've been favored just once in the last 22 years against this team. Got to go back to 2011. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, this is a game that they can absolutely lose. If Zach Wilson does Zach Wilson things and he turns the ball over and this team can't get anything going on offense, it would be easy to, to point the fingers in the direction of the defense. But how is it possible they are going to be able to keep up that level of intensity and production with the firepower they have on that side of the ball if they're on the field all game? It's going to be tough. So, you know, as we've been saying, there's a lot of pressure on Zach. Part of me feels like it's unfair to judge him, you know, based on the first two games coming in on Monday Night Football when you weren't expected to play the entire season. You now got to come in four plays into the game. And then last week, the Cowboys just once again making their case that this should be the team we talk about when we look at who's the favorites, not just to come out the NFC, but to win the damn Super Bowl. I mean, how staunch that defense is so maybe just maybe it's unfair and then you look at the protection well documented what the issues have been as far as this offensive line and now we learn before the game Dwayne Brown ruled out tomorrow for the Jets so a, a line that has been experiencing some some troubles in the trenches takes a hit when you when you lose a guy like Dwayne Brown now he hasn't been great but it's still someone the Jets look highly upon. It's still someone who, despite the fact that he had off-season shoulder surgery and that he had missed the entire preseason, they had high hopes of really being a force on that line. So you go into this game not feeling great because of it's the house of horrors against a team that has tormented you, has owned you, but it's one you can win. And the Jets, what you have to relish, at least if... If you're a fan, I don't think that the, the players can, can look at it this way. If you are a fan of the Jets and you need something to be excited about because you've lost all, help, all hope about the season and you went from you know, contending for a Super Bowl to can we just win a few games? If you, if you are someone who have found yourself just to be wallowing in pessimism, here's what you have to look forward to tomorrow because it's beautiful. You have a chance to effectively end the Patriots season, which I guess would be the first time you've done that since 2010. Now, technically, you know, they're not dead at 0-3, but we know there's no chance they're coming back from an 0-3 hole with two division losses. So that, as a Jet fan, me, just living in this moment, kind of tempering my expectations, deviating from what we thought it was going to be to start the season to, you know, the reality of, you might have the worst starting quarterback in all of football behind the worst starting offensive line in the sport. I have now resorted to, I have a chance to be in MetLife Stadium tomorrow to watch my favorite team in the Patriots season. That's, that, that's where I am right now. That's where my excitement is emanating from. I mentioned the eight different quarterbacks. We thought it was going to be nine because Rodgers was supposed to be here. But now you're back to Zach. So you got to live with what you have at your disposal. It's not great. You're just hoping that your defense can be strong. 
your your running game can get going and, and what should be bad weather and that you can force Mac Jones into doing what he has done the first couple weeks of the season and that's turn the ball over. That's what you can 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 hold your hopes hopes out for. I mean, just thinking about last season, because I, I I have those Patriot losses just kind of ingrained into my mind. It's like a tattoo right on my brain. They were just drenched in heartbreak, overwhelming, depressing emotions. Both of them. The first one that you know you should have won handedly. Then you get the, the, the ridiculous roughing the passer penalty called on John Franklin Myers, who's kind of now been no stranger to such things. Should have won that game at home. And then in New England, losing on that punt return. Now, Marcus Jones, who did return that 86-yard touchdown out tomorrow, he's headed to the IR, which is a big injury for the Pats and their secondary. So, you know, they're not going to be operating at full capacity. But just going off of what happened last season, I, like the Jets went 0-2 despite holding the Pats' offense to just 25 points. Patriots scored 25 points of offense last year and swept the Jets. But now maybe it's a different story. They're 0-2 for the first time since 2001. Now they did go on to win the Super Bowl that year. And as Julian reminds me, today is the anniversary of Mo Lewis. How about that, Julian? The 22-year anniversary of the inception of the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, who for years, for decades, just had his way with the Jets. So thank you for that reminder, Julian. Because That's what I needed coming into the studio today, a reminder of of the past. But, you know, it's a Patriots team, injury-riddled, looking to avoid an end to their season, an abrupt end to their season, which would— you know, create some question marks as to what their future holds. And the Jets, with a win tomorrow, improve to 2-1 and one on the season and 2-0 and oh in this division, which is huge. That is massive. Even if you have those diluted expectations. Through three weeks of the season, 2-1? and Got to feel pretty good about that. 2-0 and oh against your division foes with the Bills and the Patriots. Got to feel good about that. So everything's on the line. There is not a single person listening to this show who believes that if the Jets lose this game tomorrow, they're going to respond by beating the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs next next Sunday on Sunday Night Football. And maybe you pencil in, pencil that in as a loss already, which is why tomorrow is of the utmost importance. 800-919-3776. I'm on Twitter at Ty D. Butler. Hit me on Instagram as well. We are rolling. The weather is an utter disaster outside, but we're still here. Ty Butler, got Julian and Chantel holding it down in the control room. We're going to play the hits today, get you guys through this commute. Weather's nasty, but we're still here. College football on the scene. Deion Sanders and his Colorado Buffaloes about to take the field against, I mean, Oregon. Biggest test of the season. You've got ACC action right now with Clemson and Florida State tied at 24. So it's a whole lot to do. We'll keep you covered the rest of the way going until 630 right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
Number 19, Colorado, Deion Sanders, continuing to, you know, stare adversity in the face and overcome it. There were a lot of people rooting against him because of, you know, what transpired at Jackson State. He built himself up to be someone who was going to be the savior for HBCUs and uh, he up and left and, and chased the Pac-12 back, so they say, and now they're upset with him. They were annoyed with him and rooting against him having any type of success so how about starting 3-0 for Colorado after winning just one game last year? Had 11 losses by an average of 30 points. And now today, Deion Sanders and company ranked number 19 on the road. Their toughest test, to say the least, uh, in Oregon to play the 10th-ranked Ducks. This is a game on E, or I should say ABC at 3.30. 21-point dogs, a touch disrespectful, but I checked Vegas out and they have... The Buffaloes still winning just six games this year. So what would that be going three and six the rest of the, uh, the rest of the way? Uh, so I mean, it is what it is. I I'm not the biggest college football fan, but I'll tell you, the guy sitting in this seat talking on the microphone was up till 2:30 a.m. last Saturday, watching Dion and them boys come back against Colorado State. I I I was devastated when I woke up the next day because I actually fell asleep right before that final drive where Shador Sanders takes some 98 yards and the two-point conversion then wins it in double overtime. It was it was incredible to watch the next day, but I was really, really agitated. I'm like, how did you make it this far into the night? I got two kids. What am I doing staying up to 2.30? And, I, and like I said, I'm not the biggest college football guy, but this has become must-see TV. And the fact that I fell asleep, I was really annoyed with myself, but woke up to the great news, and Dion continues to shine bright. He's become the biggest star in college football, and you could argue one of the biggest stars in sports right now. Like this Colorado uh, situation has garnered so much attention. You have a lot of people who aren't big college football fans who are going to be dialed in today. They want to see what's going to happen. It sucks. No Travis Hunter uh, for the next three weeks. He, that that dirty play on the sidelines is going to you know keep him out for a couple weeks, so they'll be without their best offensive weapon. But we'll see what Ushador has in store for people. Because, you know, y'all were, y'all were doubting him coming into the season, and rightfully so. But then I'm listening to Kirk Herbstreet yesterday on the K-Show. Say there's a chance he could enter the Heisman Trophy conversation, which is just amazing, man. So for Dion to be having that type of success uh, that he is right now that has him quickly rising, and you'll see the rumors start to percolate about him possibly going to the NFL. But for him to be doing that on the sidelines, it, it, it's it's incredible. But also to have his son quarterback this team and have that amount of success it's just beautiful to watch and there's a lot of people out there coaches and you know hardcore diehard college football fans who don't like it because it's a deviation from what you're accustomed to seeing from a head football coach he's doing it with swag he's doing it with a little sauce he's talking you know he's effervescent and he's prime time he's he is everything we've known him to be from when he when he was a player and that has translated into success. So you got the people rooting against him who hated how he left Jackson State. You got the people rooting against him who don't like the way he carries himself. And right now, he's, he's the one sitting pretty. That game last week, the fifth highest college football game ever on ESPN. So I'm excited. I'll keep you posted on the action. We've got Colorado at Oregon. Top, two top 19 ranked teams in action in about 10 minutes. We'll keep you posted. 800 919 We did start with the Jets, though. 
So let's go to Justin in Times River, who bats leadoff. Wants to talk about this game tomorrow. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's going on, Ty? Thank you for taking my phone call. I'm definitely putting this one into the bleachers to lead it off. Um, this is a really big game tomorrow for us, Ty. You know, I think this is organizationally for Joe Douglas and uh, Robert Sala. This is a big game tomorrow. If the Jets lose this game tomorrow, as a Jet fan, I'm worried there's going to be not only dissension in the locker room, I'm worried that Joe Douglas and, and Robert Sala might be on the outside looking in and maybe looking for a job at the end of the season. And, you know, when it comes down to it, Joe Douglas, in my opinion, has done a really good job for this organization besides missing on Zach Wilson, you know. And going back a few years ago, that winning that game, I, guess, I believe it was against the Rams, really set this franchise back. Yeah. Not getting Trevor Lawrence, of course. But, um, you know, tomorrow on paper, I mean, the Jets are the better team. And the Jets got to end this losing streak against the Pats. It's pathetic. Yeah, if it's 14 straight to this team is is as a Jet fan, it's devastating, and especially that it's Bill Belichick, you know, with the headset on the other sideline makes it even worse. If not now, then when, Justin? If not now, then when? If you're not going to beat this team when they're they come into your building winless with a quarterback who you know there's a lot of question marks about him. The head coach might be question marks about us. He's still the greatest of all time, and defensively, you know they're going to bring it. They've got some injuries. If now, not then when? If not now, then when? I, I agree. And, you know, this and the weather tomorrow should play into our hands. The Jets have Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. RTB, run the ball. And it should be also, too, with the simple fact that our defense, the Jets should win tomorrow. Give the ball to Brees, and let's win tomorrow. Well, listen. Uh, we'll see, Justin. Uh, it could it could also favor New England because their success, for the most part, is going to be predicated on their running game, and we know they have Stevenson coming out the backfield. It's not like like if this game were ten years ago, you could make the case. Yeah, it could favor the Jets because they got Brady under center, and not that you fear he's going to struggle in, in, in cold weather or rainy weather. But it does, to some degree, compromise him, like like it would any quarterback. But it, Mac Jones is is not winning the ball by throwing for 400 yards, so maybe it does favor the Jets because I guess on paper they have the more talented roster. But you could also say that the same was the case last year; they had the more talented roster, and they lost on a punt return for a touchdown, and then a, a very questionable rough in the passer call. But as far as Joe Douglas is concerned, I, I am angered by this entire situation because for years I have struggled with how to correctly and accurately analyze his resume. There aren't too many experts high on Zach Wilson's reclamation potential, which brings us back to square run, the root of this issue. The Jets just two years ago, two years ago, not 10, two years ago, drafted a quarterback, second overall pick. And the moment Aaron Rodgers went down, most people were saying, season's over. Why? Because you don't have a legitimate backup quarterback? Well, you should. This is a guy you took with the second overall pick just two years ago. So the fact that he is that bad, that we already are talking about, you know, Matt Stafford trading for him, Kirk Cousins, can he be had? Ryan Tannehill, I heard a caller bring up on Anita show. Two years ago, this is the guy that Joe Douglas drafted. And right now, he is making the case, as I mentioned in the first segment, he's the worst starter in the league.
And that has to fall on someone. That has to fall on someone. I gave you the numbers last week. 23 games so far for Zach Wilson, or coming into last week, it was 23 games. 55% of his passes were completed. 16 touchdowns, 19 picks. We've seen enough of a sample size that he was just not the right pick. So for as much praise as we give Joe Douglas for drafting Garrett Wilson, for getting Sauce Gardner, for AVT, for Brees Hall, missing on the second pick in the draft is massive and one that could set you back years. And he was saved by the fact that Aaron Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay and it kind of fell into his lap that this guy was going to come in here and usher the Jets into what they hoped was new territory of becoming a winner again since they had all of the other pieces around him. But if not for Rodgers, we'd be focused on the fact that, once again, just two years ago you took a guy second in the draft who looks unplayable. That could have gotten Joe Douglas fired. This sets them back for years. And they keep screwing this up. Time and time again, We've, as Jet fans have grown accustomed to, they're not going to get it right. So for all the people out there who, you know, were down on, on the Jets going out to get Rodgers, all you needed was evidence that this team can't develop a quarterback. So go out there and get someone who's established. Albeit he's 39. He's coming off maybe the worst season of his career. But he's much better than the options you had available to you. And because you missed so badly on Zach, you are now hoping and praying that a 40-year-old who, by his own admission, was 90% retired prior to the trade, he's going to come back off of a tear, uh, a torn Achilles and save you. And if that doesn't happen, it's going to be a failure of epic proportions. The thing that always got to me about the Jets, you know, prior to what we saw with the emergence of the young players last year, was we all know they've missed the playoffs 12 straight years. And it's not the NBA draft or a lottery. It's you pick where you performed. And for the most part, outside of that 2015 season, Todd Bowles' initial year, where they finished four games above 500, they were one of the worst teams in football. So the fact that they had no young talent to show for it was just an indictment of the decision makers. Bad general managing. Bad scouting. To be that awful for years and not have anything to show for it as far as blue chippers was a disaster. So Joe Douglas, again, I give him credit, found some of those guys with Sauce and with Brees and with AVT. He did. But you're ultimately going to be judged by the 2021 second overall pick. And that's not even to mention the failure that was 2020. Go back and look at that draft. You're holding on to hope that Makai Becton's going to figure it out. Because if not, that entire draft is a wash. But it's, I mean, all of this is why for me it's a struggle. Like, how do we analyze him? He's done so much positively. But the negatives has just been, I mean, just bad, like all-time bad. Zach Wilson could go down as the big, one of the biggest busts in NFL history. That's how bad he is. And look how quickly they gave up on him, which is why I found it so funny. You know, prior to the game last week, and I love Robert Sala. Nice guy, got a chance to interview him once. Real cool dude. But when he said, you know, people forget 
Zach Wilson started 5-2 and two last year. No, Robert, people don't forget that. They, they happen to remember the fact that that quarterback who started 5-2 and two last year was twice benched by you, and his locker room turned on him. So that's what we remember. We remember all of it. We also remember how bad it's been. And for Joe Douglas, again, I, he's been great. It's just the story of his tenure is going to be tied to Zach. If Rodgers doesn't come back and get this team to a Super Bowl, it's all going to be tied to that, that second pick in 2021. And right now it's not looking great. 800 We'll get to your phone calls in a moment. Uh, Oregon and Colorado about to kick off, so I'll keep you posted on that. Ty Butler going until 6.30. Connor Rogers going to join us at 5 o'clock, go around the NFL week three. So keep it locked right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. And on the phone lines, 800-919-3776. James is in Spring Valley, and he wants to talk on the show. What's up, James? Hey, Ty. What's going on, man? Big shout out to the company. Uh, it, it's been rough. It's been rough. It's been, it's been a rough season so far. And I have to ask, since you are the Jet fan, I am not. But I got to ask you this. How much pressure is it on, I'd say, this game to win? Is it like, is, is who has more pressure to win this game? Is it Bill Belichick? Because if the Bills go, if the, if the Patriots go 0-3, I don't care who you have coaching. The season's over. Or the Jets, because if you don't beat the Patriots, when? Yeah. Because you ain't beating them up. You ain't beating them up in Foxborough. Not happening. Because this is this, and, and I did tweet at you saying, you, like, this is the, like, the Jets have to win this game. Like, because I'll be at the tailgate tomorrow with all the people at 98.7. I'm going to be there with the rest of the company people, especially people that are Jets fans. Because, like I said, I don't want to see Jets fans be upset, you know, if they lose this game. Uh, of course they will be upset if they lose. You want them to walk out happy, skipping? Like the sun is going to shine like, tomorrow? Of course they're going to be miserable if they lose this game. It's it's yeah, a big and game. I, and I like, no, nobody wants that, Ty. Nobody wants that. No, want so, that. so we need you to bring your positivity, because we know you're a Giants fan, and there's a little haterade in, in your body still. So you, <laughs> you, you like to come on the show and troll and, and do your thing, which is cool. We love it. We, we have fun on the program. But what we need you to do tomorrow is look at your team and mm-hmm. say, listen, uh, we've already got one bad team in town. We don't need two bad teams. So let's let's root for the Jets. How about that? Listen, I hope Listen, I hope the Jets win. It'll be great. And I hope they win because it's it's trust me, just like how the page how you guys feel about the Patriots, I feel the same about the Cowboys cuz Dak has owned us and Bill has owned you guys. It's so a, yeah, I hope enough that, is enough. I, I hope it, it it has to end Ty. at some point it has to end. Thanks for taking my call, man. It has Appreciate to end. Appreciate it. To answer your question, who has more pressure? It's a phenomenal one. Because I keep going back and forth. I guess technically there's more pressure on, like if you're just looking at like who has more pressure to win the game as far as like their playoff chances, it would be New England. Because if they lose, they fall to 0-3. Now they're 0-2 in the division. Whereas the Jets, a loss does drop them to 1-2, but they're still 1-1 in their division. The one loss is out of conference. So technically they're in a better position going forward. But it's a massive game for both teams. And even though 
I would imagine the Jets' probability of making the playoff, like their probability with a loss is higher than New England's probability with a loss. But there is not a single person, again, out there who, if they lose this game tomorrow, thinks that they're going to beat Kansas City or they're going to beat Denver in Denver or come home to beat Philadelphia, who they've never beaten before. There, There is going to be dejection amongst the Jet fan base because tomorrow can essentially end your season. And, and yes, you can say that week three. It's not premature to say that if you lose tomorrow to an 0-2 New England team with injuries, with the quarterback who started the year one, you know, before Rodgers got hurt, as the worst quarterback in this division, it's the worst offense in this division. They're not expected to be a playoff team. They come into your building having won 14 straight overall. But they are not even anything close to what we've seen in the past, in the Brady-Belichick days. They come into your building and beat you, then it's demoralizing. And I don't know how you're your Jets fan, you go the rest of the season feeling good about anything that's happening. Al's in New Jersey. What's up, Al? Or Eli. I think this is Eli. Yep. No, no, no. It's, it's uh, L. It's oh, it's L. L. What up, Al? My fault, Al. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. Living the dream, bro. Born and raised in Jersey. Just want to give a shout-out to you and, and to Raider Nation, baby, all across the world. I'm a Raider fan, but I got a lot of love and respect to the Jets and the Giants. That's where I live. And I originally called in for the for the point about talking about the Jets' offensive line, but I wanted to I wanted to push back a little bit on what on, – on a point that you had made before. Okay. As far as how, how Douglas – and Salah are tied to Zach Wilson. And, 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 I, and I hope that is not the case because if we look at the example of what happened with San Fran, right, what, how much did the Niners give up to go get Trey Lance? Hang on, Eli. And, uh, Al, I'm sorry. Let me, let me just stop you real quick. The Niners have been to a Super Bowl. The Niners, it feels like every year, are in the NFC Championship game. So the way we judge, the way we judge them is different from how we judge a, a, a pairing that has not even come close to sniffing the playoffs. Coming into the year, they were eleven and twenty-three as a duo. The Niners have been to mm-hmm. championship games; they've been to a Super Bowl. But go ahead, continue. True. Now that you factor that into your analogy, let's hear it. True. No, totally agree with you. But what I'm saying is, is that you can't be a slave to the past. So what I'm trying to say is that. Look into the future. You have one of the best defenses that this team has had in a long time. You have some special players on offense that you haven't had in a long time. And I'll tie that into the original point when I wanted to talk about the offensive line. If we wanted to make, yeah, what, what's the real kind of weakness is that O-line, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the point that I want to make is the ability to adjust and say, hey, us as management, meaning Douglas and Salah, we made a mistake on Zach Wilson. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to go out there. We're going to get up. We're going to – we need – you guys need to sign another quarterback. Right? But here's because, the thing, Al, I hear you, and it all sounds good in theory until you enter into the conversation. You say don't be, you know, a prisoner of the past, but – just let's be fair about this. They got it wrong with Zach Wilson. If Rodgers isn't True. the answer, look, if Rodgers isn't the answer, then, I mean, fairly or unfairly, they're 0-2 at, at, at judging quarterbacks. 
Now you can say like, yeah. you know, how how can you be, not blaming them for it? It's just the reality. You're now zero two at picking right. quarterback. So now we're going to allow a regime that once again came into the season back to back playoff misses, eleven and 23 through their first couple years. They've missed on two quarterbacks already. We're going to allow them to make the next big decision on a quarterback. How does that make sense? I, I I understand, and I'm not. All I'm saying is, but you just said the point they missed on Zach Wilson. But yes, Zach Wilson is still here. So why not make an effort to save this season and go get somebody out there? I mean, listen again. I no, I love the Jets. I as long as you play when you play the Raiders and you lose, you can win the rest of your games all year long. But go go get a Jacoby Brissett. Go get a you know. I think Tannehill has one year left on his contract, so he's a dead contract. Bring him in for a year. Or, but at the same time, I give respect to Douglas for all of the, I mean, look at the, the defense and the, and the I hear you. Yeah, I hear you, Al. I, I hear you, Al. I, I hear you, Al. It's a big well, miss, though. And, and those aren't judged the same, and I appreciate the call. Those are not judged the same. It's, it's like the quarterback is graded differently. Like, all, all all draft picks are not created equally. So you can hit on a bunch of guys that help your offense and defense. You miss on the second overall pick in the draft. And, and you say, well, he's still here. But then you're imploring them to go out there and get a replacement for him, which means he's only here because they drafted him two years ago. They, they, they don't see him as the, uh, the future. And it, it's year three. At some point, you have to acknowledge what's staring you in the face. It's not just the offensive line. It's not just all these other things. It's the fact that he can't play. That's staring you in the face. You're hoping it changes. You're hoping that Hackett can find a way to, you know, put him in a system that taps into his potential, that maximizes his strengths, and, you know, dilutes a lot of the weaknesses. And now that he is surrounded by better weapons and a, and a great defense, which he had last year, but year three, that he can finally figure it out but I mean does anyone really think that's going to happen I would love to see it and people rip all oh, you're hating on Zach I had some some clown last week who really I'm watching the Jet game and he's just like the biggest clown on the planet where he says to me that I am tweeted this at me that I'm rooting against Zach Wilson because I want to come on the air and say I told you so and I'm like you you cretin I'm a Jet fan why would I root against the quarterback of the team that I love just so I could come on here and say I told you so? And, and, and I told you so about Zach Wilson. It's not breaking any news. That doesn't, it's not going to jump me up from where I am to, you know, Stephen A. Smith, the face of ESPN, just because, I you know, you nailed your Zach Wilson take. That's not hitting the way you think it would. I'm rooting for him. I just don't think he's any good. And until he shows me otherwise, I, I'm forced to be accurate. I'm forced to be honest about what I'm seeing. And so far what I've seen is a guy who, if we listed all the starting quarterbacks in, in the National Football League right now, would be at the very bottom of the list. 800 3776 The phone lines are blowing up. We love it. We're going until 630. We'll get to you right after we hit this quick break right here on 9870 ESPN.